Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode contains scenes which are not suitable for children and which some listeners may find distressing. This podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network. But yeah, at the beginning I felt I felt safe, I felt I felt special, I felt I was doing a good job, I felt I was trusted. I was doing the right thing, like like collecting the money wasn't a problem, everything was going really well, I was really fast, I was getting paid well, I was making good tips, I was sitting in front of the van, I was trusted to go out with Rita. Everything was going great until um the summer came and Jeffy Jeffy got sacked for Robin. That's how Brian told me. He told me to sack Jeffy. Jeffy was the one that done the deliveries at night time at the milk point. Just two people, him and Brian. And Brian said he needed someone to do the deliveries because he'd sacked Jeffy for Robin on him. And well, I, did I want to do it? My summer holidays were coming up. It was coming up to where the summer holidays we had three months off. And I was like, darling, I'm not way my mouth gonna let me do this, like. And he says, yeah, we can convince her. Both of us can. He went and spoke to her. Say it was the summer holiday to just do it for the summer. She said, once I went back to school in September, it took ages to convince her, but we convinced her eventually. And uh, that's when it all changed, yeah, when it was just me and him by ourselves. Everything just changed, yeah. This is the witness, in his own words. Episode 2, The Night Shift. I think it was, yeah, it was great to have a job, but for me, I think it was just more to finally find something that I was happy with doing. There was nothing. I felt normal, like I was, I made friends, I was getting better in school because I'd stood up for myself in school so people are leaving me alone. And then I had the job, like, so everything was finally starting to work out for me. Like, there was no trouble, there wasn't, everything was, like, I was in a good place I was. Like, obviously I missed my dad, but that was the hardest thing. Like, I went to see him as much as I could. But I got a job, I was earning good money. So I get paid a 10 off a Friday, 10 off a Saturday. But I used to get loads of tips. Like, some weeks, like, back then, like, I could clear £50. Like, £50 back then, like, I was only 12 that was a load of money for me. So I was being loud, it was great, like, having the best life ever. Come away for Fridays and Saturdays. So it was, uh, it was brilliant, like. What were you spending money on? Clothes, just clothes and stuff like that. To, to be fair, I won't lie, I used to, every um, Saturday, because I didn't work Sunday, I used to go out with my friends, and we used to get six cans of Dutch cold and 20 cigarettes, and I used to go on the piss. But uh, I used to do that anyways, before the milk round. So, uh but we won't get into trouble around like that. We weren't doing that. Like, we just we used to meet at the park and we got our six kind of Dutch gold 
and the smokes, and we'd all sit in the park and then try and sneak back in the house. My man caught me, smell drink, caught me. I know you went to there, drink, but we've done it, like everyone's done it. Yeah. How, did it. how did it feel to have that money for the first time, like to be sort yeah, of independent? I walked, yeah, it was great not having to depend on my man or Niall. Niall, used to always, Niall was great to be fair. He used to give me pocket money every week because he was like my dad. He was involved in the Sinn Fein, big into it. He used to go and do the club nights you know, for raising the money for the pros. And he used to deliver their leaflets. So he used to give me the leaflets delivered around Blanchestown. He used to give me, he used to get pocket money for a fiver, but then he'd give me a tenner for delivering the leaflets for the fundraising nights for the pros. So he used to do that in Blakestown, Blakestown pub and all, and uh, the shanty. So I used to deliver the leaflets to the houses to get the people to go to the pubs, and he used to give me the the tenner. So that'd get me my smokes and that that get ten, five to go and ten John Blevely. <laughs> <laughs> Age 12, working as a propagandist for the provost <laughs> in order to fund <laughs> your Saturday nights on Dutch Gold and Jump Layer Blue. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> is that bad? Yeah. It's not, is it? It's different to what I was doing at 12, anyway, that's for sure. Well, I wasn't doing that. I was just putting letters in the letterbox. Yeah, you're After the beating, I was popping fucking Valium like the way I was fashion. I was sleeping tablets, I was taking sleeping tablets, probably 10 sleeping tablets in the daytime. I just couldn't, didn't want to function, didn't want to live, didn't, I just wanted to die like. And I was using my old name, Joey O'Callaghan, that was my name I was using. And I was in bits and then I just rang Nicola. 
and just said I need to talk, like, want to talk, I want to, I want to talk to you. Like. That's funny now because I actually saw someone who wants to be alive. That's exactly what I saw <laughs> in you. Yeah, and I just didn't feel like... I didn't think for a second that you didn't want to be alive. I thought you really wanted to be alive. At that point, even, you were tired and you were, like, you were just, you're a bit scraggly and you do take a lot of care with your appearance, but you were a bit, well, you'd been beaten up and you had sort of a a T-shirt on and your, um, your bulletproof vest thing, which was well worn. Mm -hmm. You could have done with a new one. Yeah, well, I've invested. But, um... Yeah, no, I definitely, I just saw a person who had done so much to survive and wanted to survive and just wanted a chance at it being a little bit easier. How is it different work-wise? So you're working nights then? I was doing Friday and Saturday collection and I was working every day. I worked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. John Day didn't work on Sunday. So I got up, what happened was, Noel used to wake me up at three. Noel was, was brilliant, he was. He used, to grow, he used to grow up at two, and he used to make me breakfast. He used to make me toast sandwiches, and he used to make me porridge. And he'd wake me up about half two, quarter three, give me my breakfast and all. And then i go to Brian, it's come at three o'clock in the morning. So it was literally delivering the milk. We delivered to shops, factories, and houses. And with a big round, we done... Ladieswell, Cordoff, Whitestown, Sheepmore, Fortlawn, Huntstown, Hartstown, Portstown, Castlenock, um, Kilmoyne. Yeah, done all over Blanche with it. We'd, we'd probably with the biggest round in the day, with the big round. Like, but the, He used to do that round in four and a half hours. He used to do it with me in three. So um, it was grand. Really, uh, really, yeah, really enjoyed it. Like, it just got different though. It got, he was just, he was different. He was, he'd say things and he was just, he was, he was always slagging and always taking the piss, like, do you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, he was a lot different than he was when I was meeting, I would be there and I'll do that lad to be there. He was a lot more vulgar and everything. Does that make sense? He used to say a lot of creepy things and make jokes where you just laugh just to laugh at him. Does that make sense? Um. Like what? Yeah, he, he just about women and just about about me then. He'd say he used to start slagging me, do you know what I mean? He used to slag me a lot, but it was like banter. Well, I thought it was banter. But I didn't realise what it was, does that make sense? Um, he used to say things about my sisters and about my ma and about, just about women in general. And then and he'd talk about me and he'd be on about my lips and all that. I was really small, I had, I had big red lips. And they actually really called me Joey the Lips because of me lips. It wasn't just because of like some gangster name or whatever. They actually called me Joey the Lips because of me lips. Like, yeah, he'd just say things that would make me uncomfortable. Like he say, like like he'd slag me sisters and slag me man all through that. Like stuff from my dad was alive at the time. And I was thinking like, if my dad heard you saying that, you'd be fucking dead. Like, you would be like. Killed him like stone dead. The, the stuff he was saying to me, I kind of just kept to myself. Maybe if I had, had went home and started saying, Ma, he had said this and he had said that, 
things might have been different. But then I think part of me was kind of thinking, well, I'm actually getting a good job here, let's not fuck this up. Do you know what I'm saying? I was happy, I was making a few quid. I was able to buy what I wanted, do what I wanted. Everything was going well, I was enjoying doing it until um until the Jesse incident. We, I had never heard, I'd never met Jesse because Jesse done the deliveries, so I'd never met him. I'd never met him once. And we were delivering up in um, Huntstown. And the other milkman, he had a high ace van and he was going past it in a high ace van, he was coming down the road and we were parked and hanging out the side of the van was only a man, Jesse, that worked for us. That I got his job. He, that had robbed Brian, what Brian said he'd robbed him. That's why he sacked him. And he ran past as he did in the van. Hanging out of the van, big smile on his face. Next minute, Brian just lost it. His face just went red. And back then, he didn't have a handbrake like that. He had a handbrake like that. You pull it and twist it. And he pulled it and twisted it. Put his hand underneath, underneath the seat. Pulled out the hammer. Ran around the corner. And then just all he could hear was screams. Screaming, screaming, screaming. Shouting. I'd never heard that like in my life. I was... He just saw you could hear a smack, smack. You could hear the bones and all. You could hear everything just crunching and smacking. And he must have been hitting him in the head and everything. It was just horrendous, like the noises that he was making. That then he just came around the corner and it was just blood all over him, Brian. He had blood all over his hands, all over his face, all over the shirt, everywhere. And he was like, oh, he was bulging. He was like, he was like, that's what'll happen if you ever try and fucking rob me. If you ever try and rob me, that's what'll happen to you. And I was like, why are you shouting at me for? Like, me, I'm looking at him thinking, why are you shouting at me? Like, he, he was like, there's blood all over him. He was like, get a milk bottle. So I got a milk bottle and I opened the top of it and he told me to pour it over him and he was washing his hands. He was trying to get the blood off his hands and he took his shirt off, poured the milk bottle over his head, all the milk all over him and he was washing himself with the shirt. And then he took the shirt off, put it under the seat, put the jacket on and dipped it back up and just went on as normal. I was just literally didn't talk for that. Like, I didn't know what to do. I was afraid to talk. And he just looked at me, he kept saying to me, if you ever try and rob me, this is what'll happen to you. If you ever, ever try and take, take the piss out of me, that's what'll happen to you, I'll get what he just got. And I remember him just dropping me home and I just walked straight into the house, ran straight up to bed and just jumped into the bed, put the blanket over my head and I didn't know what to do, I was terrified. And that was it then, I just seen a different side to him. He was just different. That was when he was just different. He was never the same again. And I was like, I don't want this. In my head, I was like, I don't want the job anymore. And in my head, I was lying there thinking, how am I going to? How am I going to get out of going to walk? Like, how do I tell him I don't want to do it anymore? It wasn't, I didn't need, like, in my head, I was like, oh, I don't want the money now. It's not worth it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what if he does that to me? I was afraid. Then I was afraid to tell him I didn't want it. I was afraid to say I don't want to walk anymore. Because of what I seen him do to Jesse, I was like, what will he do to me, like? I was like, I didn't know what was going on. I was in this, I just, I was involved in this, I was getting involved in this world. It was just, it was like I was strangling me. Like, it was just, I was getting caught up. Like, like I was like, I only wanted a job like in the milk crown. Like, what the fuck is happening? Like, mm. I didn't realise what was going on. Like, I just, I realised quick enough afterwards, I was like, this is dangerous. Like, this is bogey as fuck. That's when I realised that I got more than a, I got more than a bargain for. Like that's what that's when I realized 
All I wanted was a job, like all I wanted was pocket money, but I knew it was just something that changed everything. The fear, the, the fear in me after seeing what he'd done to that guy, and he changed from that minute. And he warned me, like straight away, he told me, that's what'll happen to you if you ever rob from me. Then there wasn't an issue. We just, a few times he dropped in. I wonder how Jesse's doing, ha, 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 laughing. Just little reminders. I felt like he was dropping little things into my head now, now and again. He was nice. He'd be grand, playing music, having a laugh, giving you a cigarette. Everything be happy days. Joey this, Joey that. My best walker, my number one boy, everything everything was grand. Then he'd say, oh, I wonder how Jesse's arm is or how Jesse's leg is or his face is. And no, like... It was real Jekyll and Hyde. I was always real Jekyll and Hyde. And did anything change immediately after that? Everything changed immediately after that. I was terrified. I didn't know whether your mum was dead or alive. Soon they dropped me to the house. That was it, the fourth threat started. Tell anyone I'll kill you straight away, just all that. But in a couple of days, I was putting heroin to people's doors. Then we went, we're doing our deliveries up in Fortland, Blanchestown, rough, rough parts, Blanchestown, a lot of drugs. We pulled up beside this house. He lifted up the lock from the doors. He said, open your hands. I opened my hand and he shoved this little brown package into my hand. And there was live stones. Now I'd seen heroin and I'd seen needles before all my life, going on Ballymore. I'd seen junkies lying on the stairs with needles hanging out of their arms. I'd seen them pissing and shitting on the stairs, sleeping on them. You'd have to step over them. I'd seen the, the cars come with the drug dealer and all the junkies running out of the flats, getting the drugs and running back in, doing the drugs. They were everywhere in Ballymore. But I'd never actually seen heroin in the, the way it comes, in the physical form. I've seen it on a foil and I've seen it in a needle, but i never seen it the way you get it before it comes to that. So it was like rocks. They were like three little stones. And as soon as he put it into my hand, I knew there was something wrong. And he said, go over to the door, bring the bottle of milk, put the bottle of milk down, flip the hatch, flip the, the letterbox, push it in and do not move until he had dropped. And I was, so I was just looking at him. He was like... Do you understand what I'm telling you to do? And I said, yeah. He said, well, go and do it and do it now. And I went over, I put it through the letterbox. And the next minute I could hear someone running to grab it. Got the fright of me life, ran back to the van. I got into the van. He locked the door and he started shouting, did you fucking do it? Did you do it? I said, yeah, I've done it, I've done it. I said, I'm after doing it. He said, did he get it? Did you hear it? I said, yeah, I heard him. I said, I actually heard him. I heard him running to go and get it. And, and straight away then it was, um, tell anyone about this. I'm going to set your man up, I'll set your sister up. They'll find heroin in your mouth house, they'll find heroin in your sister's car. Don't ever tell anybody about this. And I didn't know what was going on. Like my, All I knew drugs were bad, and all I knew heroin was bad. Like my dad was concerned parents against drugs. Big, big activist, and I knew what I was after doing was 
there wasn't wrong and then I was afraid he was going to die. I thought, I'm actually giving it to him. What for? Like, what if, he, if he dies on the drugs? And then Kenny is telling me not to tell anybody and then I went home that night and I was just lying there on the bed and I was thinking, oh my God, like, what what my ma find out, what my dad, my, my dad was alive at the time and my dad would have killed me and I was just terrified. I was, I, I just straight away I felt the, the trap. The Jesse thing already, I was trying to figure a way to get away from it. And I was too scared. But once I'd done the heroin through the letterbox, then I knew there was no way going back. And then, because we'd be driving down the street and the guards would be pulling up and he'd be talking to the guards and he'd be telling me they're the friends and he'd be saying, all I have to do is get one of them to drop something off. And well, I don't know whether they were friends or not, they were friends or not, but he was saying this, do you get me? Then the next night, then it was just regular. I wasn't, I was going to every second house I was going to. I was either knocking on the door, giving them the stuff they were giving me the money, or else I was putting it through letterboxes. And it's just, everything just started happening real, real, real fast. I just done what I was told, and that was it. I felt trapped, and yeah, there was. Once, me, once he kept mentioning my family, that there was no way I was going to stop because as long as I felt like they were going to be hurt. Everything changed. The mood changed, the demeanor changed, the way he spoke to me, shouting at me, telling me to hurry, things he did, everything changed. I, I wasn't, I was no longer a helper or an employee. He turned me into a, I don't know if it's a, if a drug dealer the right word. He just turned me into whatever he wanted to turn me into. I don't know what I became, but I became really whatever he wanted me to be, I suppose. I was doing what I was told to do, when I was told to do it, and how I was told to do it, and if I didn't, there'd be consequences. I was terrified of him. And that's it then. You're locked in. He knew then 100% in his head he thought, look, at, he, I have him now. He's, he, he, look, I was his. Because I'd done it from the, I'd done it straight away. I didn't question it. I'd done, I'd done it. I was probably out of fear or shock. I don't know, or maybe both. But um, whether he planned it from the beginning or not, I don't know. But definitely that night, I know he knew that he had me. And I was his, and that was it. 